I want to talk to you about capturing your dream thieves. And there are three thieves that I want to talk about today. If we get to uh, get through all three of them, three things trying to rob you of your dream. But look in Ephesians chapter three, verse 20 in the message translation of the Bible, Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. And it says, and God is able to do anything. God can do anything. Everybody say God can do anything. Anybody here believe that? That God can do anything. Do you believe God can do anything? He said, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your what? Come on, read that in your wildest dreams. God can do far more than anything you could request in your wildest dreams. So guess what? God wants to give us some wild dreams. So then he can go above and beyond and do far more than anything we could ever dream. God can do anything. I look at my life and say when I wake up every day, I think about this, folks. I think, man, if God could get me through what I've been through, if God could help me recover from my sins, my shortcomings, my mistakes, and I'm still standing today and I'm still in his hands today, God can do anything. We ought to all be able to look in the mirror and say, man, if I'm still standing, God can do anything. You might be at your lowest of your lowest points you've ever been at in your life. And guess what? You're still standing in the hands of God. And no one is going to snatch you out of the father's hands. Let me show you something here. Let me show you something. Genesis 37. Look at this. Genesis 37, verse three. Let me show it to you from the King James Bible. And you can if you have your Bible, look there. But I want I want you to see something very powerful that spoke to me years ago and still speaks to me, drives me today. Now, Israel loved Joseph. Now, Israel is the name of Jacob. Jacob was renamed Israel. Jacob has 12 sons and Joseph is one of his 12 sons. And you know the story. His other sons hate him and they throw him in the pit and sell him into slavery. And then he you know, you know, you know all of that. Um, but I want you to see some connection here. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children. Now, you need to understand something about God, that even though he loves all of us, there's something unique and special about each of us that he loves. You know, there's something very special about you that God loves. You know, of all of the I mean, and forgive me for the forgive me for the, the, whatever, whatever you want to describe what I'm about to say or however you want to define what I'm about to say. But of the millions of sperm that you were a part of, you swam to the shore. You outswam all of them to be alive today. And you want to know something? God was the one paving a way and making the way for you to outrun your little brothers and sisters that didn't make it. <laughs> make it plant. Come on, sister. You know, when Jesus told Peter, um, let's go out into the deep and drop your nets. And they hadn't fi they had fished all night and caught what they had fished all night and caught nothing. And then he says, drop your net and look at what happened. Peter drops his net in the deep 
And this great catch of fish begins to break their net and their boat begins to sink. They caught so many. Why? Because Jesus was navigating those fish right to where Peter needed them and right to where God wanted them. And Jesus has navigated your life to this point, right to where you're about to step into your destiny and step into God's purpose for your life. And you say, but no, but look at all the mistakes I made and look at all the failures and look at all the shortcomings and look at what look at what's been done to me and look at what I've done. And God says, I can work with that. Now, the average person, the, the average cook, which is most of us, the average cook throws away like the, 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 the ends of the celery stalk and the average cook throws away the, 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 the carrots that look a little green and the stubs of the carrots and the, the stubs of the onions and, and all the vegetables and even the fat on the meat. But a great chef or even a good one, for that matter, knows how to take all of the scraps and make it into a stew and into a flavor and into a soup and into a sauce and into something great that tastes amazing that most of us would have thrown away. And if a human being can take the scraps that most of us would throw out, how much more can God take the things that have happened in your life, the scraps, the the junk, the dirt, the filth, the stubs, the butts of those celery stalks. Man, God will take that. He will take your butt and he will turn it into something amazing and he will turn it into something. <laughs> I was about to go somewhere I shouldn't go right now, so just let me back up. Because he knows how to take your life and all your mistakes and all your screw ups. And even though he doesn't cause all those things, he can turn them into something. If you believe this one thing, look at what he says. Genesis 37, three and Jacob put the, like if you have. There you go. Israel loved Joseph. Israel loved Joseph. Israel loved Joseph. Now, man might love people more than others, but God knows how to love you so that you feel like he loves you most of all. He knows how to make you feel that way and he wants you to feel that way. And of course, he made him a coat of many colors and then his brothers were jealous. Verse four and then verse five. Look at what it says. And Joseph dreamed a dream. So listen. Ja uh, Jacob or Israel here represents God is a picture, a symbol of God. And Joseph is a symbol of us. And here's what I want to get across to you. And I said I said this to you before, but I, I need to say this again. And then we're going to drill down for a minute on something. He said, and Joseph dreamed a dream. There's two things that that Joseph received because of his father's love. He received a coat and he received a dream. And I believe that every one of us are given those same two things 
When you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you receive the coat of many colors, the coat of righteousness, the coat of salvation, the coat, bring the best robe and put it on my son. How many know what I'm talking about? You receive a coat, but you also receive a dream. It's not enough to live your life just with the coat. God wants to give you a dream, too. It's great that you're saved, but there's a dream that God wants to give you. There's a dream that, wants, that God wants to give you in the middle of the night. And look, he says he dreamed a dream. Go back. We're going to put these things together. Verse, verse 3 says, and Israel loved Joseph. Look at that. Now, Israel loved Joseph. Now, go to verse 5. And Joseph dreamed a dream. Now, I believe these two things happen because, or these two things are connected. It's because of the Father's love that Joseph could dream a dream. You cannot dream when you cannot sleep. And you cannot sleep when you do not have love. When you don't feel the love of God, you can't get any rest. When you're not sure of God's grace, when you're not sure that he's on your side, when you're not sure he's for you, you can't sleep at night. You can't rest at night. You can't get that fear out of your mind. But perfect love casts out fear. So when you realize how much the Father loves you, then you can begin to sleep and rest. And what happens when you're in deep sleep? God gives you dreams. You really begin to dream when you're in a deep sleep and when you have real rest. Boy, when you don't get rest and we can't sleep and we don't feel loved and we don't when you're not confident in the love God has for you, you know what you're doing in life? Surviving. Striving just to make it and just to survive, because what every human being needs more than anything else in this world, besides just air and food, to water to breathe and eat, the, the thing, they, the deep need that every soul has. Forget about your body for a minute. But your soul needs love. And when your soul is deprived of real love, remember, human love is different than divine love. Human love is the love of the lovely. I love you because you look good. I love you because you make me feel good. I love you because of something you give me. I love you because of something you make me uh, have or, or something I can get from you. Or I love you because you're popular. I love you because you're rich. Or I love you because of this. Or I love you because you're talented. Or I love you because you make me look better. That's human love. God doesn't need us to make him rich. God doesn't need us to make him better. God doesn't need us to make him look better. He loves because he is love. And he loves because you're made of something that has value and real worth. You're made in his image. You got real substance. You might not even know it yet. You might not even know how valuable you are, but God loves you. You didn't become valuable when Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you because he saw your true value. And it was more than it was not more than it was different than and had nothing to do with how you look or how you perform or what kind of career you have or what's happened in your life. And, and listen, here's the thing. When you're not when you don't have confidence in the love of God, then what ends up happening is you begin to live your life for the approval of people and you live your life striving for and 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 settling for the crumbs of a mediocre life. But when you know your love, when you have this confidence, when you can go to bed at night with the assurance that you're loved by God unconditionally 
apart from your performance, you're going to dream God's dreams. You're going to dream God's dreams. Now, you're not going to necessarily understand your, the dreams right away, because between the love and the dream, Joseph's brothers hated him. So there was a, a delay between the dream, the dream that he had that night and the dream being fulfilled. Fourteen years later, he was 17 when he had the dream. He was 31 when the dream began to come to pass. But a delay in God's dream for your life is not a denial of God's dream for your life. And what the enemy sent to defeat you, God bent to complete you. And, and I know that sounds like, oh, that's good poetry, but, it's, but it, it, hopefully it'll stick with you. God didn't cause everything, but he'll throw it all in the soup. Yeah, but I was divorced. He'll throw that in the soup. Yeah, but I was abused. He'll throw it in the soup. Yeah, but I was born without this or without that. He'll throw that in the soup. Yeah, but I'm black. He'll throw that in. Uh, yeah, but I'm white. Uh, he'll throw that in. So yeah, but I'm Hispanic. He'll throw that in the soup. Yes, but I'm Puerto Rican. He'll throw that in the soup, too. Which, by the way, you're still American. We get all these. <laughs> we get all the American. We get all the international flags. Remember how sometimes we celebrate all. We have 70 nations in this church or, or more people from those other countries, not not just ethnic groups, but people that are literally are born in other countries that are here in this church. It's really amazing. And we're so thankful to, to be a melting pot in that way. But it never ceases to amaze me. We'll say, what country are you from? People stand up. I'm from China. I'm from Mexico. I'm from, you know, Guatemala. I'm from, you know, um, Russia. I'm from Ukraine. I'm from. And then somebody will stand up. I'm from Puerto Rico. <laughs> and you very well may be. But Puerto Rico is a part of America. <laughs> but you get to bring your flag still for um, International Sunday. All right. Um, Joseph, Jacob loved Joseph and Joseph dreamed a dream. Aren't you tired of living a mediocre life? Just just getting by, just waking up to get by that day, go to work and do your job and do your thing and, you know, go through in the family stuff and all the Look, there's something bigger. And I'm talking about three dream thieves. The first one that will try to steal your dream is when you doubt God's love. If you doubt God's love, you will live a low life. If you doubt God's love, you will live your life for the love of people. You will live your life to get approval from people. You will live your life to feel good about yourself. You will live your life to feel accepted. You will live your life to feel happy and to get somebody to approve of you and to stamp their hand of approval on you and you don't need their seal of approval. You got when you got God's seal of approval, you don't need anybody else's. Let me tell you something. The love of God is what launches you into the purpose of God. It was it was the father's love that launched Joseph into his dream. It was the father's love that launched Jesus into his destiny. Look at Mark, Mark. Look at Mark, chapter one, verse 10, Mark, chapter one, verse 10. So Jesus is baptized in the River Jordan. He's baptized in the River Jordan. And when he comes up out of the water, the heavens open and the spirit descends upon him like a dove and a voice 
from heaven. Look at what he says, man. See, we've been listening to too many other voices. We got to stop listening to all the other voices of earth and start listening to the voice that comes from heaven. And how do you know when that voice has come from heaven? It's not if you heard a word that said, you know, dig, you know, march ye 30 steps, yea, east, and then turn ye left and go uh, ye west and then dig down 30 feet uh, ye deep and ye shall find uh, your treasure and you shall find your destiny. That is not how you know you've heard from heaven. This is how you know you've heard from heaven when it lines up with this voice that came from heaven. And what was this voice that came from heaven? You are my beloved son and in you I am well pleased. That's the voice that comes from heaven. And every voice that tells you you're not loved is the voice from hell, not from heaven. Every voice that tells you that God's mad at you is a voice from hell, not from heaven. Every voice that tells you about your past and tells you about your mistakes and tells you about your sins and tells you about what you've done wrong and tells you where you come up short, that is not the voice of heaven. That is the voice from the pit of hell. And the only voice we need to be listening to is this voice. Look at what he says here. Look at what he says in the uh, New Living Translation. I love it in this verse. New Living Translation. Look at what he says. This voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. You know, you know, Jesus hadn't done a miracle, hadn't preached a sermon. I know you've heard me say this a million times. He hadn't preached a sermon. He hadn't done a miracle. He hadn't raised the dead. He hadn't died for our sins. He hadn't fed the multitude. He hadn't done anything that we would consider powerful or miraculous. And yet God still says over him, man, I love you. You're my dearly loved boy and you bring me great joy. Jesus didn't bring God great joy because he opened the eyes of the blind. He didn't bring God great joy because he healed the multitude. He didn't bring great God great joy because just because he fed thousands of people and even because he died on the cross, he brought the father great joy because he was his son. You bring God great joy just by being a son or daughter of God. And when you get that, when you really get that in your, it's not going to make you passive. It's not going to make you sit back and go, well, I got, I got what I need. I got the love of God. I don't need to do anything. You don't need to do anything for his love. But when you are inspired by that love, it'll give you dreams. It will cause you to rest at night peacefully. And he gives to his beloved in their sleep. Psalm 127 verse two says he gives to his beloved in there. Look at look. Show that verse in the New American Standard Bible. Psalm 127 verse two in the New American Standard translation. I just want you to see this. This is what this is how I this is what put me back together in life. It is vain for you to rise up early and retire late to eat the bread of painful labors for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. While you're sleeping, God will give you a dream. God will give you a vision. God will give you a purpose. Oh, go back to Mark 1, 11. After he said, you're my dearly loved son. Look at what happens next. Verse 12 in verse 12. In you, I'm well pleased. Verse 12, he says, immediately the spirit impelled him to go out in the wilderness. And he resisted the devil and he was tempted for 40 days. And then the Bible says, 
verse 14. And then he after John was taken into custody, Jesus came preaching the gospel. He came fulfilling God's dream for his life, fulfilling God's purpose for his life. Why? Because he knew the father's love. When you know the father's love, you can make it through any wilderness. When you know the father's love, you can make it through any test. When you know the father's love, you can make it through any temptation. When you know the father's love, you can make it through any self-doubt. When you know the father's love, you are going to step into your purpose. It may take some time, but you are going to step into your purpose. You're going to step into your destiny. Look, the devil can't get you. The devil can't. He can't get a foothold in your life when you know the father's love. And Jacob loved Joseph. And Jacob loved Joseph. Go back now to Genesis 37, verse 3. And Jacob loved Joseph. And verse 5, and Joseph dreamed a dream. What happened in between? What happens in between? Hate happens in between. The enemy hates the one that knows they're loved. Look at verse 4. His brothers hated him. They were even more jealous of him. They were jealous of him. He hated him even more. The devil wants to, he, he, he wants to stop you. Anybody that believes their love, the devil is going to send some hate. And so what, then what happens? What happens? So Joseph gets this dream, verse 6. <laughs> he had this dream. Look at what it says. He has this dream and he says, hey, guys, listen to the dream, <laughs> which is really a bad idea to share it with people that hate you. They already hate you. You got this coat of many colors. You know, you, you're, you're their boss. You're like telling the father about what's going on in the field. And the father loves you. And it's probably a good idea to keep your dream to yourself. But he shares it with his brothers. And he said, oh, by the way, here's what this dream was. You know, basically, we, we both had sheaves and your sheaves bowed down to my sheaves. So you're going to bow down to me. Oh, well, the next day, that was like verse eight then says they hated him even more, right? He said, and his brother said, you're, you're going to reign over us. So they hated him even more. Verse nine. Then he dreamed another dream and he said to his brothers, hey, I got to tell you, you know, like 17 year olds don't have a lot of wisdom. That's why you younger people, you need to keep coming to church and learn from us older people and us older people need to learn how to dream like you guys dream and vision like you guys vision. So that's why we need each other. All right. Another plug for the kind of unity we have with diversity. And, uh, you know, this one was a different dream, guys. This one had to do with stars and stuff. And, my, you know, your my your stars basically bowed down to my stars. And you know what happened next? Man, this, they just they got rid of him. But you know what? No matter how far down life brings you, God has put something inside of you that will never die if you believe the love God has for you. But I want to fast forward here because I told you the first thief that tries to rob you of your dream is doubting the love of God. And the second thief that tries to rob you of your dream is when you think your dream is all about you and it's all about promotion and it's all about being better than somebody else. That's not what this dream was about. And you're not you can't interpret God's dream for your life 
through the lens of self-centeredness. You can only interpret God's dream for your life through a lens of self-awareness. There's got to be some self-awareness of your life and there's got to be some humility in your life because God gives grace to the humble. And you got to realize you have gifts, you have talents, you have dreams, you have visions, you have money, you have uh, a business, you have a career, you have an education, you have um, whatever it is you have, time, treasures or talents, and everything falls under one of those three categories. As long as you believe that those things are for you to make you better or to make you feel better, that will rob you of the dream. Because all that did was get Joseph thrown into the pit. All that did was get Joseph thrown in prison. All that did was get Joseph robbed of his coat. I'm not saying that it didn't turn out good, but he learned through that process that the dream wasn't about him. When I when I when we built this church and I, you know, I envisioned myself, I'm going to be I'm going to preach and we're going to have a big church one day and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And God erased all of that. The first few years, that's what I thought. That's what I believed. It was about God fulfilling that vision and that dream until I realized, no, no, no. This is all about saving more souls. This is all about having more reach. This is all about reaching more people. This is all about getting the gospel to the world. This is all about the mission field. This is all about going into all the world and preaching the gospel. It's not about us. And look at what Joseph says in, in um, Genesis 45 when he reveals reveals himself to his brothers in Genesis 45, verse three. And Joseph said to his brothers, so this is after he had finally revealed himself to his brothers, after he was he had saved the world. Basically, he was two years of famine at this point and he was storing up grain because the dream God gave him and or the dream God gave Pharaoh and he interpreted it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him. They were amazed at his presence. They were they were dismayed at his presence. And it says now, therefore, he says, I am Joseph, your brother who you sold into slavery. Verse four and verse five. Therefore, do not be grieved. Don't be angry with yourselves that you sold me here for God sent me before you to preserve life. Verse six. For these two years, has, the famine has been in the land and yet there are five more in which there should be neither earring nor harvest. And God sent me before you. Look at what he says. God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. And then Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. You meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. Why? In order to bring about as it is this day to save many people alive. Not once does he remind them about the dream of them of them bowing down to him. And yet they do bow down to him. But he has got a different perspective now. The dream is not about him. The dream is about saving his brothers. And frankly, if I can just be real theological here for a minute, his dream was about saving Judah, his older brother, who ended up being the one who Jesus was the seed of Judah. Had Judah not been saved, none of us would be. Because Jesus would not have been born. Because Jesus had to come through the line through the line of Judah and become the lion of the tribe of Judah. 
It was prophesied far beyond this and far before this. And that's why Joseph saved his brothers to save the world, to save Judah, to save Jesus, to save the world. When you think the dream is about you, that will rob you, that will, that will abort the dream. And finally, the third thing that will rob you of your dream is small, a small opinion of yourself, not a humble opinion. A humble opinion is good, but an inferiority complex, a grasshopper mentality about yourself. Now, give me give me a few minutes before we before we go, before you fall asleep today, before you take a nap. I don't know. Are the bears playing at noon? Okay, we'll get you out of here. Catch the second quarter. Just hang on, hang on. Whatever. Go to Judges 11, verse 1, and let me show you something. Let me show you this verse, and then I want to close with a moment of prayer and recap from last Sunday. But look, listen to me. You got you to gotta evict the spirit of inferiority. You know what our you know what all the racism that goes on in our country and our world and and all of the domineering of people and the male dominance of women and women trying to fight back and you know one race dominating and all of it comes from a spirit of inferiority that disguises itself as superiority and that's why people dominate try to dominate each other. But God gave us dominion over the earth, not dominion over people. We're equal. We all have the power to rule and reign in life, in Christ. But we're going to have to make a decision today so that no one and no one from hell or, her, or earth can rob us of our dream, of God's dream for our life. And that is we're going to have to choose what we're going to believe about ourselves. Because in every life, there are two versions of every human being. There's God's version of you, and then there's life's stamp that you got from your parents, or you got from your past, or you got from your mistakes, or you got from what somebody did to you, or something you did to you or to somebody else. And it says, Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor. Pause, parentheses. This guy hasn't we don't have any record of him fighting anybody up to this point. Because it's really important that you understand this is God's version of Jephthah. But then the natural version of Jephthah is, but he was the son of a prostitute. He was the son of a whore. He was the son of a harlot. Leon, you remember that story you told me about the kid that was at your workplace, worked with young kids, juvenile kids and he and the kid yelled out to, to, to Leon, right? He yelled out to you, my mother is a whore. He said, my mother's a hoe, right? I remember exactly how you told it to me. My mother's a hoe. And he went up to he went up to him and said, no, so was Jephthah's. That doesn't have to define you. And the kid got saved, right? He got saved 
found out his father was a Muslim who had what, like 12 wives or something like that. Oh, three. <laughs> Back when I was, you know, just a little exaggeration there. Three, so, so it's three bullets here. It's three wives here. And he went and divorced them, right? He, 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 got, he got saved. He got rid of his three wives and became a pastor in, in Alabama or something like that, right? Somewhere, yeah. I, I got it written on you. If you want me to read it, you don't, I, got a, my, I got it in the notes. Leon sent me, these no, sent me this story. It's an awesome story, which he's another miracle because the guy was dead. Leon, Leon, you were dead. You were in a car accident and you, you had died, right? And, um, and the person that was with you that day started praying in tongues and laying hands on you and commanding life to come back in you. And he got, he came back to life and I, he was in a coma, in a coma for 30 days, was supposed to die, supposed to be brain dead. And now he's serving God, walking with God, brain healed. How long, how many years ago was that now, Leon? About 18 years ago. God can do anything. And God's fulfilling his dream in his life and all of our lives. It's, it's, look, but we can't buy into who our past says we are. OK, fine. You're the son of a heart. Fine. You're fine. You, you, your mother was a prostitute and that's how you got here. Who cares how you got here? God navigated you into this earth somehow for a reason. He didn't care about what portal you came through. He was just made sure you got here. Now you go ahead and believe you're loved. You go ahead and realize that the dream that God's going to give you is for others, not for yourself. And you go ahead and get rid of that mentality of an inferiority complex because you got picked on or an inferiority complex because you didn't get the grade somebody else got or the inferiority complex because you don't look like their models, play like their athletes, uh, uh, do business like their executives. But you know what? You're special to God. You're loved by God. And God will give you a dream beyond your wildest dreams. If you simply say, yes, God, I choose today to be your version of me. What's God's version of you? A mighty man of valor. What's the enemy's version of you? You're just a son of a, you know what? You're just the son of a harlot. You're the son of a whore. You're the son of this. You're the daughter of this. You were made for this. You were de destined for this. No, no, no. I was destined to be a mighty man or a mighty woman of valor. Before any battle, before he faced any battle, God called him a mighty man of victory. And that's why you got to get up every day and make up your mind. It doesn't matter what battle I'm going to face today. I know who I am and who I am is going to shape what happens in this battle. Three dream thieves doubting God's love, believing your dream or gift or talent is for you, not for others. And having this inferiority complex that you don't get rid of. Choose today which version of yourself you're going to be. God's version of you, mighty man of valor, or the world's version of you, man's version of you. Stop going to me three and 23 and, and this, inher you know, this is my descendants. F stop trying to find, do what you want. You can go find out you're Irish when you thought you were Colombian. You can go find out you were white when you thought you were black. Go do all that if you want. But that's not who you are. That's not who you are. This is who you are. 
You got to wake up every day and define yourself by what God says about you.